have a new sponsor and an old friend joining Envy Pillow here, Sierra Sill. With two rare patents and a money-back guarantee, Sierra Sill, available at Shoppers Drug Mart, London Drugs and Health Food Stores, is the natural mineral joint pain remedy you need. Go to sierrasill.com, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L.com and use the code GF for 10% off. Hi there, welcome to episode 29 of Gracefully and Frankly, two best friends who ought to know better, a couple of broads just having a chat, and you are so welcome to listen in, to write in, to do whatever you want and take part. I'm Erin Davis. I'm Lisa Brandt. Yes, we are at episode 29, and we've got a full load for you today, including we're going to talk trees. Yes, and if a tree falls on the street, does it mean a wake-up call for me? Hmm. I don't know. Why has it got to be about me? Why can't it just be a tree falling in the street, Davis? Get over yourself. Everybody else is. (laughs) Oh, the voices in my head are coming out. Should be fun. (laughs) (laughs) I drowned them out on my end with drumming. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Taking up the drums at the age of over 40. Yes. (laughs) And Tom Cruise's face. What in the world has he done for his new movie? Oh, I know, but when you're Tom Cruise, nobody's going to tell you, buddy, back off on the filler and the Botox. No one's going to tell him. That's right. Lisa went to see the new Mission Impossible movie. And uh, did you have snacks? What'd you have? Popcorn. And my friend Tam kept handing me Twizzlers. So what was I going to do? Oh, it'd be rude not to. It would be. The very worst movie experience I ever had wasn't the film itself or the people around me. It was when we went to a fundraiser for the Canadian Opera Company, but they didn't serve popcorn. I guess the white glove crowd doesn't eat popcorn, Lisa. Who knew? Oh, they do. They just do it at home in secret by themselves. Sheesh. Yeah, I should have brought it in a purse or something. I was just thinking about my Envy Pillow silk carrying bag for my portable Envy Pillow, the one I take on vacation, full of popcorn. Now, wouldn't that be something? (laughs) It would, but it's hard to get grease out of silk. That's true. You can wash them. They're easy to care for if you're not putting popcorn in them. Yeah. And you know, one of the reasons Envy Pillow got started, and again, Botox is a wonderful thing. It's been great for a lot of people, was when Kim, half of the Envy Pillow duo, realized that some of the wrinkles on your face could not be changed with Botox. They're happening because of the way we sleep. We crush our faces into our pillow, and that's how the shape of the Envy Pillow came to be, ladies and gentlemen. And it's brilliant because it keeps your face from getting crushed and mushed, and those lines don't happen. And when I mentioned to our friend Mira, and I bring her up because she's such a doll, she'll be 98 September 1st, and uh, I said, this is an anti-aging pillow now, Mira, so watch out. You could go back to 80. And she laughed. But she had it. She's chronic (laughs) neck pain and gets injections every three months, not often enough. But now it cradles her head and she doesn't turn over all night. She just isn't trying to find that comfortable place on her pillow. And that was the big, big, big difference for her. So it's just one of the things. And if it doesn't work out for you, they give you 90 days to fall in love. And it takes about 10 days minimum or nights actually to adjust and experience the benefits. So go to envypillow.com to read more. And while you're there, use the code GF and get 10% off anything you like there. Okay. Are you ready to roll, lady? I'm ready to roll, Aaron. Okay. You better count us in because that's what's going to be starting our first segment. And the one and the two. <laughs> 
Well, look who it is. If it isn't the little drummer girl. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. I'm having so much fun with it. And getting an electronic drum kit as opposed to the so-called real drum kit I had, you know, eight years ago when I took drum lessons has made all the difference because I can bang around like crazy and nobody can hear me except me in my headphones. So it's cool. I think you're so inspiring. Let's go back a little bit. You you did this, you said, eight years ago? Yeah. Okay, why? Were you always interested in drumming? Is this something you started as a kid and then just put aside like so many of us do with music lessons? Or what was it? I actually took piano lessons when I was a kid from an awful woman who, if I missed a note, would slam the key cover on my fingers and stuff. She was just awful. So I ended up quitting. Yeah. I launched a boycott of her. I did love it, though. But no, I never touched the drums until... I don't know, I guess I was in my 50s, and I just thought, you know, it's something I've always wanted to do. I've always watched the drummer when we go to see a concert or something, and I just wanted to give it a try. So I took lessons every Saturday morning at a, a London Music Academy, and it's so funny, Aaron, if you can picture a couple of benches of students waiting for their instructors to come and get them, and they're all little kids, and me. <laughs> <laughs> but... um <laughs> I really just wanted to play along with a couple songs that I knew, and I almost had Journeys Don't Stop Believing nailed. Mm -hmm. My neck injury was way too fresh then, and I couldn't stand the pain. It was just chronic, and so I had to give it up. I sold my drum kit and um, just sort of let it go. And now I'm just kind of working through any twinges I get. And with the electronic kit, I'm not bothering anybody else. So I can do the same two-minute routine over and over and over again until I get it right. And that's the fun of it. The learning, I feel like I'm sparking up a part of my brain that doesn't get used very much. So, Oh, and that is so important. The more we learn about dementia and Alzheimer's and everything, there's just so much about learning new things and what an important part of the brain music and drumming take on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I know. It's so funny because uh, my ex-husband was a guitarist and bass player. So, you know, I've heard all the drumming jokes like the drummer isn't actually a musician. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really love it. I love it. And so this electronic kit, I bought it from like a 12-year-old uh, who, again, you know, was giving me pointers and gave me sticks. And But it's got music built in. It's got a metronome. It's got everything in it. And it bothers no one. So that's that's the ultimate. That's fantastic. Now, I'm really inspired by this, as I was by your ice cream and your therapist a couple of weeks ago, because I heard from somebody else this week who was trying something that she's never done before. It was swimming. And she is very deep in grief right now. And her daughter was a swimmer and really loved it. And the mom's doing it now. And I said, you know, she said she'd never had lessons, didn't know how to swim. And I said to her, you know, when you're there in the water, you're with her and you're finding mm. a way to the quote from Finding Nemo, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. And you're doing that. And she hadn't thought of that analogy because nobody's brain works like mine. But it was just <laughs> a way for her to stay afloat and to keep moving forward. And for you... Yeah. It's just finding a new rhythm in your life. With your pottery, you got your hands dirty. You wanted to try that out. Now with the drumming, you're doing this. What would you say to somebody who says, oh, 
I'm too old to take lessons. I might be that person who feels like an idiot in a room full of eight-year-olds whose parents just dropped them off. What would you say to them, Lisa? I'd say if this was your last day on earth, would you still think that way? Because time is not infinite. And if it's something you really want to do, I just don't care what people think. And I found it hilarious to sit there with all those children. And when we bought the drum kit, the generation gap, which is huge, just fell away when we talked about the drums. He was interested in what I knew and how much I knew and if he could show me anything or I could show him anything. And and he was just a kid. And we just found this relatability that we would not have had in any other respect, unless I was in a store serving him something he wanted or whatever. But I just found it such a delightful moment that this kid cared about what I thought and wanted to ask me questions. And it was all just because of the drums. I felt like a kid doing it too. I didn't feel like the older woman whose uh, hair has gone gray. And <laughs> I just see no reason to put off something that your heart sings for. Just do it. Number one, you're worth it. And number two, the joy you get out of it. And if you don't, don't do it. Like when I was sick years ago and I was hospitalized and I as I was lying there, I thought, when I come through this, I want to learn the guitar. And I took one lesson and went, nope, this is never going to happen. Okay. And I think the drums looked possible. The guitar just looked mm -hmm. impossible. But I tried it, right? That's the point. It is. Uh, you continue to inspire me, Lisa. I heard that you were getting a couple of buzz buzz messages there while we were talking. Is that a band? Are you getting a gig? Do you have to go? Uh, actually, yes. It's um, Motley Crue. <gasps> and I told these guys so many times, just leave me alone. I'm just, I'm not into it. I don't care where Tommy Lee has to be. I'm not filling in for the guy. He's a hack. All and, right. Uh, it's just not going to happen. So Okay. And we saw from Spinal Tap what happens to drummers. So I, I would prefer you just... <laughs> You stay in your room and play your drums. Oh, oh, and by the way, do you know why the little drummer boy didn't get into heaven? No. Why? Because he woke up the baby. <laughs> so you played reporter in your hometown, Aaron, after this tree falling. There you are on television reporting on the tree. Now, this was not any ordinary tree. It was massive, right? It was. And it all started when this thing happened. And so I tweeted and I tagged Czech News, which is our local Victoria station, which we watch all the time. And then Global BC from Vancouver gets in touch with me and said, can we use your footage? And then they said, would you hop on a Zoom call so we can talk with you about it? So that's how I ended nice. being you know, the Buckeye Newshawk Award winner, as people who <laughs> watch WKRP will remember. Les Nesman, proud winner of that in the tri-state area. Yes. It was just, it's so amazing how a day can completely turn around in a heartbeat. And this is what stoicism teaches us, right? You remember that it can happen in a heartbeat. You know that. I know that. Mm. So I was having a blue day. It had been a tough week in a lot of ways. And we'd run some errands and we went and sat on this beautiful bench next to a river called the Gorge in Esquimalt, which is just part of Victoria. And as we were going to get back into our car, Rob goes, whoa, and I look up from my phone and this massive oak tree the size of two trees comes down directly opposite us, like a 
two lanes of traffic, and then there was the tree split down the middle with a great crash and this cloud of dust, and there it was. So I jumped out of the car. I didn't realize till later that I'd left my cardigan on the ground. I'd gotten out so fast, ran around, checked for traffic, ran across, took a picture, and then somebody's yelling, is anybody under there? And Rob knew there wasn't because he saw it actually happen. I just heard the noise and looked. And this tree came down, and I'm not exaggerating. If you go to the video, and I'll post it on our Gracefully and Frankly Facebook page, or it's at AaronDavis.com, you will see this incredibly massive oak tree that missed the neighbor's truck by one to two feet max. Wow. It didn't touch the eaves troughs of the house. The elderly owner of the house, she was in the backyard. If she'd been in the front yard, it would have been a completely different story. Hmm. And uh, the only damage that it made, besides leaving all of this future firewood across this woman and her neighbor's yard, was that it took off the light part of a light standard and brushed a car that had just been going by. Now, I'll tell you, if we had been parked across the street we would most definitely have been either our car or us collateral damage. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I leapt into action there and kind of talked to the neighbors. I didn't interview them on camera because I thought that was intrusive, but I did take complete footage of the tree as it had just come down and the massive patch of blackness inside that showed that this tree really was ready to go down. So that was my adventure. Wow. Very, very lucky that no one was hurt. That's That tree was enormous. And it must have been groaning for a while or something. I mean, they don't just split and fall, right? I asked one of the city guys who was there right away, the city of Esquimalt, not city TV. I said to him, is it because of the dryness and the heat? Because we haven't had a good rain now for about two months. And he said, no, oaks love the heat. That's not it. Oh. And then I asked the neighbor. The neighbor said, I've been having nightmares about this tree and it falls on my house. And she wasn't being angry about it. She just literally has had nightmares about the tree falling. And I said, has it been checked out? And she said, no, they're protected. Hmm. Meaning, okay, we're protecting our old trees, but somebody better check those things and make sure that the vulnerable people inside the houses aren't at risk as well. Right. right? Yeah. So that was eye-opening. It was miraculous in so many ways. But okay, you know me, I'm going to find the spiritual in just about everything. As we were sitting on the bench, I was talking to Rob. I was kind of going deep into my motivations on everything. I said, doing the drift sleep stories every week, it's a beast. Yeah. I will tell you, I love doing yeah. it. It's my labor of love. It's my joy. But you find a story, you rewrite it, you record it, you edit it for, I'm going to say literally four hours because I'm very particular. And then you put it up to the world. And I said to him, why? Why am I working so hard? What am I aiming for? I've got over 100 of these stories up here. I keep watching to see, oh, we're closing in on 200,000 listens. Why am I so driven and this, what you and I are doing here, also a labor of love. Yes, it's work, but again, it's joyful mm. and we're doing it because we love it. And I love this time talking with you, but why am I so driven? When will I ever stop looking at ratings and how I'm doing and how many followers on threads and all that? He didn't have an answer. He said, you're never going to retire, but I just can't stop. And I had been looking for signs from Lauren all morning. 
You know, I was just looking for her to be with me that day. And then this freaking tree cracks wide open and shows the rot inside. And I said to Rob, does this mean that I'm just standing there looking all strong and tall and inside I'm, <laughs> I'm a mess? Or, oh. or, or is it the reminder that anything can happen at any moment, which is what you referred to with your drumming? You know, why mm. would you put it off till tomorrow? So just do your thing because you can plan all you want. You can garden around that tree and, and plant the nicest roses. But if the tree's coming down, it's coming down anyway. What's right. your take on it? And I shall stop and listen. I think, for one thing, I want to say for the record that I love and look forward to this time as well. This is a, definitely a labor of love on, on the Lisa side, too. But I think you are questioning a fundamental aspect of yourself, which is you love to create. So just go with it. So the tree falling, I'm not really big on symbols and things like that. Not as big as you are. You see these things and they can just, they can just, just clunk me right in the forehead and I go, oh, I didn't see anything. Um, but <laughs> as far as the tree falling goes, maybe just telling you to just be, just be in the moment. But I just think that, you know, you are the way you are and it's wonderful. And when you question it, you're pushing against it. Just go with it. Just go with it. You're amazing. Look at how many people <laughs> listen because of you. Yeah, I can't do the symbolism thing with you because you're the master of that. <laughs> well, you look at things more pragmatically and you have the you have the window of stoicism that you're gazing through. And I love that because mine is rose colored and, and it's stained glass. But after that happened and I had tweeted it out. I immediately got a phone call from the news director at Czech and then this message from Global. All of a sudden, my adrenaline was through my head and Rob's mm -hmm. like, you think you might get a job on Global News? And I said, no, forget it. <laughs> that, that kind of a breakthrough at my age only happens to Jan Arden. She's a unicorn. Stop it. And besides, <laughs> the news media don't pay anything anymore. And nobody, no, it's just silly. It's crazy. That was not going through my head. But there was this thing like, oh, cool, I'm going to be reporting something on TV. And it never freaking leaves you. It never leaves you the thrill of hearing yourself on the radio or seeing yourself on TV. And people are going to go, ew, what an ego. No. No, 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 no. Ask anybody in radio. If they say they don't listen to their show, they're lying. Yeah, I know what you mean. And and I know that there's a little voice inside your head that's like, you know, why don't you just relax and just do this stuff? Yeah. But you enjoy this. You get something out of it. It's not like anybody's making you. You know what I mean? It's something that you like, look at the kick you got out of doing it. And it was just fun. Mm -hmm. And like, it doesn't have to lead to anything. It doesn't have to go anywhere. Yeah. It's just a moment where you know that what you have has value and you're sharing it. That's the part of being a broadcaster that doesn't go away. You know, I know something or I have something and I want everybody to understand it or and or enjoy it or get something out of it if they want to. That was the thing about breaking news or whatever. It's like you got to be the first person to know this and then to share it with other people. And it wasn't a matter of, oh, I'm <laughs> so great. I know this first. It was just like a responsibility almost. Yeah. 
It never leaves you once you've been in news. It never leaves you. No. And who knows how many other trees are around that people are hearing creaking or that don't look good. And they might think, gee, maybe I'll take a little more action and get this thing down before it hurts somebody. Or you just don't know. There's so many reasons uh, for it. I think you just got to go with it. How do you feel about fading away? That's the big question. I'm afraid to fade away. I worked so hard. You know what's funny? I had an opportunity to be on morning radio here not long ago to do with the book, that trade-up book that I co-wrote. Yeah, yeah. And I turned it down. I I wanted no part of it, which to some people might sound surprising, but I just didn't want any part of it. I didn't want to be on the radio. I didn't want to have to go and sit there in the green room. I didn't, it, you know, I love the people I would have been on the air with, but I don't think I want to fade away either. But I don't think I want to do what I did before. Hmm. I don't think you do either, though. Oh, God, no. Do you? No, 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 no. I don't want to do those hours. I have trouble sleeping now if I have an alarm waiting for me in the morning. I'm loving this life, but I miss that adrenaline. And that's why I love, you know, to keep going back to Ontario as I am in October. And again, November, you and I are going to have a hotel stay. <laughs> Yay! To do some emceeing and, uh, and a live podcast for the Canadian Real Estate Association, I think. Well, I'm sorry, that delved quite a bit into me there, and I didn't want to make it me, 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 but I just... No, I no, want... no, 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 you, you is good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, you is yes, too. <laughs> yeah, forget the grammar for the moment. Well, you went to a movie last week to see the new Tom Cruise movie. What is it? Mission Impossible 76? 7. 77. <laughs> 77. It's 7, but it should be point five because it's part one of a two-part story. And the reason we went is because a real estate agent we work with has an annual thank you event. And this is the second time he's done a movie. And otherwise, we wouldn't have gone to a theater to see this movie. But it was a, a night with a bunch of people we know. And he covered everything from oh. the parking to the treats to the movie. And it was just a lot of fun. But the movie, they split it into two parts. The story is barely worthy of one part. Oh, you don't go and see these movies for a story, though, I don't think. Although I did see somebody say that it was great writing and I like, really? It's great stunts just strung together with some chatter. And the stunts are incredible. And you can always tell when it's Tom because there's close-ups of his face when he's on the motorcycle or hanging from the train or whatever it is he's doing, you know? Yeah. If I'm doing my own stunts, I want close-ups too. Thank you very much. I don't want to think that this butt belongs to anyone else. <laughs> Imagine the <laughs> casting for that. Anyway. But Tom has, again, I'm going to go into a little bit of Botox talk here because, and there's nothing wrong with Botox. I think Botox is great and it's helped a lot of people and makes them happy. But he has paralyzed his face from the upper lip to mid forehead. So his face doesn't move. So you know the Tom Cruise smile where he gives that smile and his eyes twinkle and everything? Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't happen. 
It can't happen. The bottom of his mouth might smile, but the rest of his face doesn't move. And because he's an executive producer on this movie, there's a million close-ups of him. And you see his face, you know, four stories high or whatever it is, and it's just not the same face. I was kind of distracted by that. And everybody afterwards said, oh, yeah, his face is just so different now. It's just not the same thing. But he's serious through the whole movie anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a couple of little laughs and, of course, beautiful women because nobody ugly ever gets into (laughs) whatever line of work. There was a sequence in it to do with a train falling off a bridge that had me going (gasps) and holding my throat. It was really, really well done. Mm -hmm. But the movie ended and everybody's kind of like, meh. You know, the story didn't drag us in. You know, it was what it was. A big, expensive bunch of stunts, which is fine. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. But uh, I I like a bit of a story. (laughs) Don't we all? And now, of course, there is the actor's strike. And by the time this airs, it may have been uh, remedied. So forgive us if we're out of step. But when are we going to start seeing the shows that we love back again. Yeah. Few of us go to the theaters anymore. The Barbie and Oppenheimer thing this weekend is going to be huge. And I do want to go back to see both films. I mean, anything by Christopher Nolan is going to take your breath away. And of course, Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie are going to be absolutely fantastic. Anything that has Ted Cruz saying his family will never see this movie, buy me a ticket. I'm going. (laughs) I definitely want to see both of them because they are going to be a ride. And that's what I want when I go to the theater. I want a ride. Yeah. But when it comes to watching stuff at home... Are you finding that it's really, really hard to pick up where a season left off when it's been two or three years? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, the problems <laughs> when people are going through so much more. And we mentioned this last week. Yeah, we aren't going deep into the world's problems here. But we started up with The Lincoln Lawyer because we liked it when it was yeah. on. And now we have finished The Diplomat, which was a Oh, wasn't that great? Just one of the best series I've ever watched. It was amazing. Yeah, the casting in that is incredible. And the storyline, oh my God. But back to the Lincoln lawyer. But of course, we're watching the recap and the beginning of season two going, nope, nope, don't remember this. Do you remember this? No, I have no idea who that is. So I guess we have the luxury of going back to watch the final episode of the previous season. But this is the new normal now, isn't it? And it's going to be this way for everybody on television. Yeah. Even if it's law and order after this strike, when will the regular TV come back? That's right. And when we're waiting for another season of Reacher, and by the time it comes out, it's going to be the same thing. Where were we when it left off? What happened? Mm -hmm. There's a kind of uh, not safe for... Anybody with culture or taste show called Bupkis starring Pete Davidson. And remember, I said that because uh, if you watch the first episode, you will <laughs> never watch television again. But it, you know, after three episodes, it stalled. And we, we've gone back to old series. I've been showing Derek the Sopranos. He didn't see it when it first started and King of Queens. And we've gone back right to the beginning of Will and Grace to watch that over again. And, you know, there's lots out there. And, you know, every night after whatever we watch, no matter how dark it is, we always flip over to Netflix and pick up an episode of Seinfeld. Yeah. It's wonderful to have all this at our fingertips. Or if you can't find anything on TV, I turn it all off and I listen to Rachel Maddow's podcast and Rachel's sitting there with me. So there's a lot of choices. I'm just really 
concerned for all of the people, not us, waiting for our beloved shows to return, those who still watch network television at all, but oh my God, everybody we know in the industry who does, you know, the sets or the makeup or the catering or is a background actor or whatever. Yeah. There are so many people whose livelihoods really are in peril. Yeah. For example, a movie that's due to shoot in Canada, if there were actors coming to Canada to shoot something, all those Canadians are affected and it's just got so many ramifications. Yeah, we've got lots of shows. We are the least inconvenience. We can just pick something else and be entertained, right? Yeah, I wouldn't want to be booking talent on uh, TV morning shows because, okay, we were supposed to have Ryan Gosling or Margot oh. Robbie on the show this morning. Yeah, so it's got a lot of ramifications, none of which will change the world, unlike the planet being on fire. But, you know, yeah. we're not going there because I, I spent a night the other night reading the Washington Post about it, and, and now I take flash showers. I leave the windows open and flash the neighbors. No. <laughs> I take showers that are super fast, and we just keep thinking, what else can we do? What else can we do? The water is needed for so many other things right now. Do they have a water restriction on? Yeah, they do. So I think that we're just about wrapping up. Hey, you got to mention in there for your book, Trade Up, I hope that it's selling like gangbusters as people are getting a different view on what they can do with their futures. March to the beat of a different drum. Lisa does. That's what I'd say <laughs> about that. But your Stoicism newsletter, in a nutshell, can you just explain what this is? Because I love it so much. We haven't mentioned it here. Yeah, it's a website called themindfulword.org, and they didn't have anybody writing about Stoicism. So I said, hey, what do you think of this? And they were totally on board. The series is called Stoic in Training, and it gets sent out. I mean, if you subscribe or whatever, they send out a reminder whenever a new post goes up. And I'm just writing about my life and how Stoicism works into it, how many times I've messed it up, and how much more I still have to learn. It's certainly not not a uh, standing on a soapbox saying, this is how it's done and you're doing it wrong. It's basically, this is how it's done and here's how I'm doing it wrong, but I'm trying to do better. <laughs> I love it. And best of all, you don't have to go to themindfulword.org. Lisa will provide a link when she writes something new at our Gracefully and Frankly Facebook page. I Great. love it. I love it. I love Thank it. You. And maybe you'll do a Stoicism podcast one day, but don't put it off if the Stoics have taught us anything. <laughs> That's right. Get going. You know who has a really good one is Ryan Holiday. And he's sort of yes. been kind of like a bit of a leader. And I consider what I do supplementary to him because as far as I'm concerned, he's the master. All right. Well, as Lisa says, get going. So we're going to. That wraps up episode 29 for this week's Gracefully and Frankly. Thank you again to Envy Pillow for everything that you are and all that you've done for us. We just love you, Kim, Kathy, Amy, the whole team. And of course, to you, Lisa, you continue to inspire me. I know I continue to perplex you, <laughs> hopefully never annoy. No, <laughs> but anyway, you've always inspired me and gotten me up off my butt when I needed it. And so many other things I couldn't even begin to list because I'll, well, we just go on right into episode 30. There we go. And nobody wants that. So away we go. We'll see you next week. Love you, Lisa. Keep on drumming and we'll talk to you then. Okay? You bet. Bye-bye. <laughs>